Welcome to Ponders Over Popcorn. It's a podcast where we talk about movies. I'm Emily. I'm Dora. And for today's episode, we watched the movie La La Land. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, so, just a brief recap of the movie in case you haven't seen it. Um, so, so, wannabe musician Sebastian and wannabe actress Mia come together, drawn together by this desire to do what they love, if I just previously read. And as they get more successful, it's harder for them to be together um, romantically. Um, that's a really loose description of it, but you probably should just watch it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it all takes <laughs> yeah. place in, uh, Hollywood, modern day, it's the yes, modern- L.A. Yeah, modern day interpretation <laughs> of a classic Hollywood film, so to speak. Yes. Yeah. Uh. We can, we can <laughs> dig into that later, but- <laughs> We can. I think very first and foremost, I want to talk about what I liked about this movie. Yes. And then I'm going to take a giant shit all over it. <laughs> yes. Um. An eloquent shit. <laughs> An eloquent shit. Little cursive shit. Yeah, on this movie. exactly. But, um, <laughs> um, so I think this movie is really excellent at making you feel things. And I will say that it's really enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. And I am emotionally moved every time I watch it. And then I take a second to step back and I go, wait a second, that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, um, yeah, but I don't know if you noticed just how vibrant the colors yeah were. i mean that was in like it was a, everything yeah yeah that was but how effective that was too mm-hmm. yeah that was definitely um when i was thinking about what i enjoyed most about the movie it was definitely the vibrancy um i mean it i don't think anybody is denying that this movie doesn't succeed really well in terms of cinematography and like style um and kind of how right. it presents itself i mean it's an extremely visually stunning movie uh and that's for me that was my most and perhaps only real enjoyable aspect uh, of it to be perfectly frank but i'm not gonna lie the ending made me like tear up a little bit and i was like like, (gasps) yeah it does a good job of like i think you do come away emotionally invested in the characters i mean it um yes well i mean i'll get into how i feel about the characters later but um it does do a really good job of presenting like a couple or you know these two people that you're interested in seeing mm-hmm. how they like if they're going to succeed or if they're not going to succeed like you do and it, it does it in a way that it's like it's fun and it's youthful um and it does right. embody kind of that fun aspect of hollywood i mean i've I've only been there once, and it was a very long time ago, and it was, like, for two <laughs> days, so I don't really know. I live there. Yeah, so, I, <laughs> which is, that was something I wanted to ask you. I don't know if it's a good thing to start off the top with, but, like. Oh, sure. I, so, how this movie was pitched to me originally, um, well, one time it was pitched to me, but, like, it, um, how, what I remembered reading about it when it first came out, um was that it was, like, a love letter to old Hollywood um, done in, like, a style mm-hmm. that was new and it was fresh. And, um, you know, that's why the director, Damien Chazelle, spent a lot of time talking about how it was, like, he he thought that it was a risky movie to make. Like, it was a new way of telling this kind of traditional old Hollywood story. Um, and uh, one of the reasons I literally did not watch the movie until yesterday, <laughs> although, when, yeah. when, I don't know, when the podcast goes up, like, beginning of may more or less um 
I like I can count the number of old Hollywood movies I've seen on one hand. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's just weird. I mean, I really enjoy film, um, and there's a lot of like old film that I enjoy. They just I don't think that they'd necessarily fall in the category yeah. of like old Hollywood, like singing in the rain type. Right. Um, I just don't know if old Hollywood is really the cream of the crop. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it, I, I it didn't like that. I don't have that sense of nostalgia. Um, so right. when people were saying, oh, we really enjoyed this movie because it reminded us of why we love film and it reminded us of why, you know, um, kind of that glamour of Hollywood and like trying to make right. it big and those kinds of things. It's something that I personally am so disconnected from and like don't, I've, I've never yeah. been a like, I've never, I've never particularly been interested in Los Angeles. And when I was there, I was like, it's okay. Um, right. And that's like, the, yeah. I think a distinction that kind of like bugged me is like, oh yeah, it like reminds us why we love film. And I was like, I don't know, not the films I watch. I've watched a fair amount of old film, mm-hmm. but I think this is more of like a nostalgia or a, like a romanticization of like old glamorous Hollywood. Yeah. It's not really, it's not really about the movie as much as it is about like, oh, the stars and the feelings. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that kind of like bugs me about the way people kind of interpret this movie. I just, I just don't think it's really accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which, and I just realized we were supposed to be talking about what we liked, but. Um... <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, no, well, I, I think that's the main thing I liked is just the fact that it was very effective at making me feel stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was yeah. very pretty to watch the entire time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was emotionally moving and really effective. And I think it's very similar to me. Like, I felt the very same way about Whiplash. <laughs> yeah. Same director. Yeah. And, I, and where yeah. I just, at the end, I was like, this, I hate this message so much. And <laughs> yet it was like, I was really intrigued in the movie the whole time. So <laughs> Yeah. And it's funny. But. I was going to, I was also going to say, I haven't seen Whiplash either. Oh. Which I, I mean, yeah. I've heard really S- good things thing. about, yeah, I've heard really good things about it. And I feel it was, I was watching this and I was like, dang, I really wish I'd seen Whiplash before I'd seen this movie. Um, yeah. For, but I like, mean, the, the interesting thing for me about that movie is that, um, and this is, I haven't seen it, so I could be completely misinterpreting like the premise of the movie. But from what my understanding is, is that it's a movie about, um, Uh, the creative process to a certain extent and kind of how like when you're on the high of a creative process and you're really passionate about something and when you're really like dedicated uh it can transform you into the kind of person that you didn't know you could be um and there's all these great things associated with it but there's also this like huge destructive quality to it um right in terms of pursuing what you really want uh and i just caveat as a person who struggles with her own kind of like uh destructive creative tendencies i remember people saying it's real it's a really intense movie but you'd really like it because i know that you're a creative person and stuff and i was like i don't really want to watch a movie about somebody going through like their anxiety when like i have to live that every day but on the on the other side (laughs) interesting i've heard really good things about it and I, i definitely like watching la la land made me want to see Whiplash even more um, because I mm-hmm. I did genuinely enjoy Damien Chazelle's directing um, and like his stylistic choices. Uh, right. I, and he also wrote these movies. Yeah. So it's like he's the story. The, <laughs> I just wish he would just direct. Um. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing is like, I, I'll get into it later, but I, I my biggest issue with La La Land was the script. Um, and yeah. uh, 
the storytelling. That's interesting that, like, yeah. we, I was going to say, like, it's interesting that you said that about yeah. Luke Flash, because I didn't really interpret it that way. Yeah, so, so I haven't seen it, so I could be completely misinterpreting yeah. I mean, it. we can talk about this movie a bit, but, like, I just felt like it was, like, yeah, pushing yourself to the point that you develop mental illness should be celebrated. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's a super icky thing to me, anyway, just because... Yeah, I mean, I, at least I felt like it was celebrating that. Yeah. And, and I'm sure someone could argue that with me, but right. that's what I felt yeah. like. Which is, which is interesting. I mean, it's a, it's an inter- anyway, it's a different movie, but, um... Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, yeah, I mean, I... I so like when I was watching this movie I was thinking about the Academy Awards that were this year and kind of like how La La Land picked up a lot um and there's some that I disagree with but the ones that I just like don't uh are it I think it picked up cinematography um Mm -hmm. and I don't know probably like some best uh, actress uh yeah um but like (laughs) like production (laughs) design or something like that yeah I mean there were yeah, the I was very engaged watching it for the artistic aspects, um, which for me anyway, from my limited knowledge of like kind of like old Hollywood glamour, those are the things that if I were going to go back and watch, I think that I would be most interested in. Um, you know, like I'm, right. I'm, I, I like I wouldn't go back for the phenomenal acting if that makes sense. Like there's mm-hmm. there's key you know, in the golden age of Hollywood, there's, like, key really good actors and, like, roles and stuff, but I think a lot of the reason why that time period is so romanticized um, and why people hold such nostalgia over it is a lot of it has to do with certain stylistic choices, and it's, you know, that, like, the, like, blurry glamour and, like, old black and white sometimes um, kind of, like, Mm -hmm. it just, it makes the whole thing, like, way more romantic than maybe it necessarily was at the time. Speaking of black and white, I noticed that, like, Emma Stone's character, Mia, she was, like, in these bright colors, like, pretty much 90% of the time, mm-hmm. except for by the very end when she's famous, she's wearing white, like, I think it's a white dress or a black dress. Oh, yeah. Um, and Ryan Gosling's character the whole time is wearing, like, really muted colors, like, blacks and whites and maybe browns. And I was kind of like, I don't know, I was trying to figure out what that was supposed to, like, do for us. Like, I thought maybe because he was a jazz person, like, it, yeah, I mean, it brings it home. I don't know if this is, like, reading too much into it or if it's kind of a... Never is! Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah that's what we're here for, man. Um, yes. <laughs> I would imagine that it would be something like, like, when they first meet, she's um, a young... I mean, well, I don't know if they're supposed to be kind of around the same age or whatever when they meet but um like Mm -hmm. she's kind of like a young youthful person that very much lives in the present and she's all about like you know i'm gonna go out and be an actor and he is like his mo is stuck in the past (laughs) like that's his whole thing um and by the end of it i don't know if it has something to do with like how he goes through this transformation of like it kind of seems like he accepts um like modern fusion jazz but at the same time, he doesn't really accept it. And then she kind of, she becomes a starlet and moves into kind of this, uh, like, archetypal Hollywood movie star, movie actress um, persona. So maybe she transitions into kind of, like, the more old Hollywood glamour, like, black and white. And he's kind of moved mm-hmm. into the present to a certain extent. Like, they've switched spots. I don't know if that's... That's interesting. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's a, it's an idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because well, I feel like by the end, he's kind of gone back. To yeah. The, you know, he opens his own jazz club, and he gets to play, like, actual jazz. Yeah. 
I mean, that's that's what yeah. we're like led to believe, I guess, because the ending of the movie gives us kind of at the same time no room for interpretation on what happened, but at the right. same time it just jumps five years and we're like, oh, okay, I guess mm. this is what happened. I mean, there's there's a lot in between when he gets yeah. into John Legend's band and him having his club. I mean, we I guess we're led to assume that he uh, saved up money through doing his stuff with. Uh, John, with uh, what's what's his what's his faith Keith, um, and uh, yeah, yeah. then was able to open Seb's, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing; he had to do it in order to open the club. But yeah, yeah, I struggled with that that dialogue that they had together. It's like, oh, if you want to save jazz, you gotta like make it new and fresh. And it it feels like the movie is trying to be uh, like, no, keep it old, keep yeah. it old. Like, and I just struggle with that so much. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, people back <laughs> in the jazz age, I'm sure, were like, no, bring back whatever was old back then. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, why are we not getting nostalgic about, like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not an expert. Time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I'm not an expert on jazz, just as I'll be saying that throughout the entire course of this podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm an expert in none of the topics that are being discussed here, but, um, <laughs> like, I. But you're an authority. Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. Um, I guess I always kind of. Like, the way that I view jazz, and I, like, when, like, when Sebastian is going through his monologue or whatever about, like, look at all the key players and look at how they're doing, you know, they're, they're, dri- they're driving the music, they're doing new things, they're reinventing, they're making, it's fun, it's fresh, it's whatever, um, and, uh, that seems like such a contrary position to take to, but we have to preserve right. jazz the way that it traditionally was, because, right. like, it's, okay, but... You want re- that is such you want a good point. yeah I love that. <laughs> you want you want reinvention but like within a specific um like time frame if that makes sense like it doesn't right. mm-hmm. so he's really and from what and so I I did a little bit I did uh, some you know basic googling last night or whatever but from my understanding like people within the jazz community actually value like you know not necessarily just fusion jazz but like new things and trying new things and um bringing a new sound right. and those kinds of things and i think that i actually think that damien chazelle like t- maybe not like criticism is kind of a heavy word to to throw at that but like he like the movie received some criticism in the sense that people who were within the jazz community didn't really feel like that the movie's perspective on like oh we gotta maintain jazz like that that's not a perspective that most jazz musicians right. actually share because yeah because i don't think that because like i think actually uh john ledge's character mentions that he's like that's not what jazz is about jazz is about the new yeah and you're like clinging on to this old way of doing it yeah it's- but it's it's interesting because the movie really like keith is the villain gen- gen- generally speaking yeah. i guess so the movie and that's why I was doesn't. Like, he has like a yeah. good point. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, but he has a really good point, and he actually brings Sebastian's success to a certain extent, or whatever. I mean, right. But at the, but like, we're made to feel like that that was a disingenuous thing for Sebastian to do, and like it was bad, right. and, and then they fall, you know, and that's how the relationship ends because he's not following his dreams or whatever. But at the yeah, same time, it's like. Yeah, but that's a totally legitimate thing. That's like that's how careers friggin' work. I mean, that's like what mm-hmm. most people do is you don't get to do exactly what you want. Like you have to make it work. And it's I just know. Like, yeah. How is that like? Uh, well, okay. I mean, it did, now I'm getting into like the larger criticism of the movie's whole message, I guess. But like, yeah, I don't understand how not following your dreams exactly to the letter is like somehow being disingenuous to yourself. Right. Um, right. And honestly, yeah. I think the times when I've like 
clung on to a very specific dream have been more destructive than they have been helpful. Oh, and it, ends, completely. it ends up making you, yeah, it ends up making you just like dissatisfied with everything. Yeah, you, like, even if you yeah. get something you love, you're like, well, I don't know, am I like selling out? And you kind of have this guilt feeling with it. I don't know. It's like, yeah, I don't think it's realistic in the sense of like how to follow a dream, I guess. Yeah, it's and, that's like the that's like almost the one thing that people kind of tell you not to do is to like follow your dreams. Well, no, 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 <laughs> no, like you don't should, do it. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. No, like you should follow your dreams, but you should be flexible, you know, or like you should, right, right. like you should actively well, you should be open to other things that you might really enjoy. Yeah, like, because you know, otherwise like, you don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's, I don't, yeah, I don't think that, like, having a goal, and even if it's a very ambitious goal, like, that that's, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that's a wonderful thing that I think most people should do with themselves, like, that, that that's, that's a really important thing to have. But at the same time, like, if, if you're so specific, uh, you know what this reminds me of? On like, a kind <laughs> yes. of, like, kind of a slightly different topic, but, um, I have a friend who her, I think, brother, stepbrother, something like that, um, one of her relatives, like, decided that he he wanted to get a girlfriend and he wanted to date, but he had, like, a very specific qualification for what she's, he's like, she has to like this, she has to be about this height, she has to have brown hair, she has to do, like, this, 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 and this, and I remember Mm -hmm. my friend was like, Dude, you're never, like, you will literally never find somebody that will fit exactly in those categories. Like, what are you doing with yourself? And, like, he was serious about it. um, And, like, otherwise he wasn't interested in dating somebody. And it's just, like, okay. I mean, that's, like, (laughs) like, if you just look at the statistics, like, that's bad. But, like, it's, it's, I feel like it's, um, like what you said, it's actually more harmful in the long run to yourself and to your goals yeah. because you're you're limiting yourself to like actually being able to pursue them because mm-hmm. you're so focused on this one specific pathway that you're going to completely ignore other paths that open and i don't know i'm only right. i'm 23 years old and i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about but like <laughs> but no like, i i yeah. think that we're we're on something here. we're, on, we're yeah. young but we're wise <laughs> exactly we're old souls or whatever stupid shit yeah <laughs> i get that a lot actually <laughs> <laughs> Me too. but yeah and but. so with this movie it, for me I, I couldn't really tell so i mean i'll just say it I we watched I watched this movie last night with my mother and at the end of it both of us were massively confused and I that really wasn't the response I was expecting to get um mm-hmm. you know because it's like I couldn't tell what the message that this movie was necessarily trying to convey like whether yeah. like obviously yes pursuing your dreams good very important um like do that but to me like but go like was it go about it in a very specific way i mean like i don't you know i don't know um but and at the same time like you couldn't like like do that but realize that you're gonna give up your relationships or something you know right right and i guess for me that was like the frustrating things the only like moral i could really pull out of it was like nostalgia is great you're always gonna wonder what could have been, and it's like, oh, yeah. it's like, what kind of message is that to yeah. me? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe that's not what I was trying to say. And like, Mr. Please, is it Chappelle, right? Did, <laughs> yeah. What's his name? That's not, not Chappelle. <laughs> no, <laughs> Chazelle. Ch- Chazelle, yeah. Chazelle, yeah. Mr. Chazelle. Mr. David Chappelle, you've made a huge switch in your Chappelle. career. <laughs> 
you're a great comedian. Yeah. You can call me and explain La La Land. <laughs> exactly. But, um, <laughs> but no, and that's what was so frustrating to me, because I think, going back to the characters, we, I mean, we did root for them. I, but mm-hmm. you're rooting for both... You're rooting for both of them to succeed in their careers, and but you're also rooting for the, both of them to stay together. Yes. And I guess that's kind of the thing, is like, one versus the other, and it's just like... Yeah. It, <sighs> like, I don't... Like, I mean, to, real life isn't like that. I mean, it, you'll be in situations where you'll have to make necessary sacrifices, but it's really yeah. never a, an all-or-nothing situation, um, generally speaking, but... Right. And I guess for me, it was just frustrating because, like, I remember specifically and I started, like, really thinking about this movie was and I had a friend of mine say, like, yeah, like, you know, you always kind of wonder, like, what could have been if somebody, mm-hmm. if, you know, it goes away. And I was thinking about it and I was like, yeah, but I don't think I've ever actually fucking done that. <laughs> I think if you do, yeah. that's like you're just still in that mourning period and you're still fucking it up. And I think it's dangerous to tell people that it's cute or romantic to like be hung up on a relationship that didn't work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and not be, you know, happy where you are or just like still have that in the back of your mind. Exactly. Kind of thing. Like, yeah. like that's supposed to be a good thing. Well, I don't know. It seemed romanticized yeah. and like all beautified. And I was like, why is this something that we're celebrating? Yeah. But. Well, the weird thing is that, I mean, at the end of the movie, oh boy. Um, <laughs> I mean, okay, well, and maybe this is a good segue into like my, my thing about what I have to say about this movie, but um, they don't seem, I mean, they, like they've succeeded, but they don't genuinely seem part like that happy. I mean, it, like, yeah. Like, they're, they're happy because they have what they want. Um, like, Emma Stone, is she's famous. She has a family. Ryan Gosling has yeah. his club. He still seems like he's kind of a loser loner. But um, Right, but there's, like, that sense of emptiness. Yeah, like, when they, they leave... Well, and that's, that's like, the closing scene or whatever. Right. They, they look at each other, and then they kind of smile. And it's like, oh, right. you know, we just... And it goes through all the things that could have oh, happened Jesus if it went Christ. the right yeah. way. No, and... Uh, 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 anyway, um, yeah. Well, yeah, that was, like, the nostalgia part, right? The Like, the old Hollywood yeah. nostalgia in the sense that, like, that's what we're used to in Hollywood film, where they end up together. Yeah. But also the nostalgia of what could have been their relationship. Right, and I guess it's, you know, it's fine to be in situations where you, you know, you, like, you really enjoyed something and, like, you're looking back on that fondly or whatever. Like, I don't think... But I think that, and this is what I got from the movie, um, and it's something that I realize, like something that I know about myself is that, and this, I, what you said, I don't sit around thinking about what things could have been like, um, right? Because like, I just it's don't. <laughs> it's so. It, there's no point to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's not going to get you anywhere. Like. Yeah, it's it's a it's a completely pointless thing to do. I'm at the polar opposite end of that, actually. Where like I spend all my time thinking about the future, which is like in a mm-hmm. way equally as bad. But right, <laughs> you but. live in the now. You know, yeah. Zen Buddha, but <laughs> and um, other philosophies. Yeah, Go ahead. Exactly, but um, yeah. So I don't. Maybe this is a good. This is a good segue. So I, I I texted this to you. I guess it was last night. Mm. Is that um, yeah. I I I write. I'm a writer. Um, and I've been lear- like I've been learning and looking at story structure a lot. Um, in the last mm. four or five months because I'm working on my own stuff. But um, oh boy, yeah. This movie, like the structure. I have such huge problems with. Um, I really 
really wanted to enjoy this movie and I did for about up until the halfway point um, and then things just like the middle part sags which is kind of like a common consensus among some reviewers right like the Aziz Ansari bit yeah <laughs> yeah just exactly. too many montages in the yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's how you show the passage of time but anyway um yeah no and uh the the for me and this is just like for me personally uh the ending of the movie completely ruined the experience for me because really i think that in any kind of given it be a movie or a book or whatever like any kind of a story when you establish it you set up certain promises to your readers or your viewers that this is what kind Mm -hmm. of a movie it's going to be and this movie was pitched to me and to everybody else as like a as like a classic like homage to classic hollywood and they they set that up they have a meet cute they're a charming couple you're heavily invested in their relationship together but also like their own individual career choices um and but it's i take such huge issue with um and what i read what damien chazelle and some of the producers have said is that they didn't want a classic hollywood ending they didn't want to be a happily ever after situation because they wanted it to be a more modern take or like a more realistic um but the whole message of the movie is to keep it old (laughs) yeah it's and there's jack shit realistic about the movie so it's really cheap what i think is that it's really really cheap and and disingenuous to set up this whole premise and get people invested in these characters and then more or less at the last possible second like their relationship falls apart for like they have an argument um, and yeah, then it like yeah. falls apart completely. That is like the second argument you see them have on yeah. screen. It's like that's it. That's, that's <laughs> We're it. Done. Yeah. And then it's like, and then it, and then it immediately jumps into, oh, I'll always love you. And it's like, hey, wait a second. Like you guys were, yeah, right. What the heck? Like you, like we're not given right. any legitimate reason for why the relationship couldn't have worked. And then all of a sudden, it's a flash forward to like five years later, and they're treating each other like they had this great love affair um right as seen in like (laughs) as seen in hollywood movies and then and then and then and then they friggin beat you over the head with this sense of this isn't classic hollywood by showing you a fucking montage of like here's the life that it could have been if we had decided to go the classic hollywood route La la yeah. la, this is what it is and then you know <laughs> la 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 land <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then it leaves at like oh and then they look at each other and then they're like oh it's all nostalgia and then it, it leaves and i like that's such bad storytelling in my opinion and i'm like waving my yeah. arms wildly right now like it's it's <laughs> bad storytelling because you're not like you're not fulfilling the promises that you make like people like you're not yeah. um What's the word that I'm looking for? Like it's, You're making it's, such an excellent point. It's deeply it. <laughs> unsatisfying. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that genuinely really bothered me. And I, why at the end of the movie, I was really frustrated because, and it wasn't, and it's, yeah. it has absolutely nothing to do with um, them not being together as a couple. The problem is that, there was no reason for them not to be. Exactly. There's no... We're <laughs> yeah. not given a legitimate reason for why they couldn't have been a couple and also succeeded in their dreams. Like, right. the movie's telling us that, like, they made the choice to go their own separate pathways, but, like, mm-hmm. I guess like, we're just supposed to intuit that. Yeah, and... More than likely. Like, yeah, <laughs> and it's not like a... I mean, okay, and so, like, if it was that um, their personalities weren't suited for each other or something, or, like, if they had delved into more arguments or whatever, like, we're not right. shown that, really. I mean, they had, like, a couple of arguments, yeah. and then they kind of fell out, and then it's like... I, 
Uh, mm-hmm. it, it genuinely yeah, really bothers me. Two on-screen <laughs> arguments, and that's it. Yeah, that's my limit. Two arguments, we're out. Yeah, I'm and, done. and the problem is that, like, <laughs> for them to, for Damien and those guys to make like this claim that they wanted to have it be more realistic, or mm-hmm. the, but there, there's nothing realistic about the movie. The movie is a one massive fantasy. Like, you can't tell right. me that you're going to present me this, um, like, fantastical kind of fun look on Hollywood, and, like, mm-hmm. you're not going to have these two characters get together under the most unrealistic circumstances possible, living in, like, literally... I mean, it, the movie's called La La Land for a reason, and then it's like, <laughs> psych, at the end of it, we're going to stick you in the gut with the cold, hard knife of reality, yeah. you know? <laughs> like Yeah, it, and I think uh, it would have been so interesting if they explored a little bit where like if maybe maybe they were a little more self-aware in the sense that they're like because i think one of my biggest gripes is like why are we being nostalgic about right. old hollywood mm-hmm. and i'll go into how that's such a fucking white <laughs> yeah that, but, that, um, that's your thing you focus on like the film i focused on the writing <laughs> it's good <laughs> <laughs> it's all good yeah. but yeah but like i think it'd be so much more interesting if they explored that dark underbelly a little mm-hmm. bit yeah or like they talk about oh i loved old hollywood i love jazz but then you kind of have these little snippets of like why it was not totally mm-hmm. like the most perfect thing in the world and maybe further the relationship have the same thing where these little undercurrent yeah, snippets of like that's... why it wouldn't because then it would have made way more sense. No, by the that end, that's why perfect. They broke up. That's like in that's that's a good story. Like that's more right. interesting. Like even um like Rebel Without a Cause even it's like you know it's yeah. a classic film and I'll watch it. But you know what that movie is misogynistic as shit. Yeah, like, <laughs> like old Hollywood is not. Uh, it's not so I just don't think it's something to be really that nostalgic about like yes it got us to where we are today Mm -hmm. and it's part of history and that's all great but like it's also it doesn't it wasn't peaches and cream especially for women actors who were not white yeah women who were actors who were not white for like literally anyone who wasn't Mm -hmm. some hotshot white guy yeah (laughs) well and so and then so I think this is a good segue into another thing I wanted to bring up and then we should and then we should talk and then you should do your we should talk about um the like classic Hollywood stuff. But one of the things that, and this is for me anyway, when did you see this movie first? Just out of curiosity. Uh, when it came out, it was in theaters. Okay. Um, I can't remember exactly when that was. It was but, like yeah. last year sometime in the summer or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I wish that I had seen this movie around that time because I think I would have probably enjoyed it more um but for me yeah one of the reasons why i wanted to see it uh like when it was still getting oscar hype in like last i don't know december or something um and then and then i started reading uh really good points about uh diversity issues in the film yeah um and that 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 for me anyway that that made me right. not like, really want to watch jazz. the film oh yeah like, yeah <laughs> yeah and okay. <laughs> I, yeah, there's, for, for me, uh, it's, like, I think, so, it's, for me, it's hard to, like, separate uh, La La Land and Moonlight in my head, um, because yeah, that's fair. of how much that those two were talked about, which is, it's a little bit unfair, because they're two completely different movies, like, they are wildly, like, like opposite yeah, and so it's, um, <laughs> but it's really difficult to to not think about Moonlight when you listen to the interviews and stuff um, with the du- the director talking about how this was a brave movie, about how it was, like, difficult to get made, and about how, you know, they were, yeah. they were doing something really different. And I'm like, it's just really, really difficult for me to, 
like be okay with that in the context of Moonlight, <laughs> which is, right. I mean, which is just on a completely different level, to be perfectly honest, um, mm-hmm. in so many ways. And uh, I just, I think that, um, I, I, I wonder if, they hadn't been out at the same time if diversity issues would have been leveled at La La Land as much. Um, I don't know, but it is really weird to have a movie where one of your main characters is really obsessed with jazz and have them be white and have race not enter into it whatsoever. I mean, it would have been really easy for that to be addressed in the movie in the sense of, you know, uh, Sebastian kind of acknowledging that he's white, um, like, as part of that, like, oh... Or just that jazz is, like, you know, yeah, much a part of black culture. Exactly. Like- <laughs> it, it completely is. Um, or, like, when when he's when they're in the club the first time, they're the only two white people in the club. Mm-hmm. With, I mean, mm-hmm. there's maybe an extra somewhere in there, but, like, it's, it's not... And, like, that's why it felt weird to me that, like, Keith was played off as, like, the villain because he's, like, the black guy, but he wants to be the new fusion jazz person and it's supposed to make us really uncomfortable when it's, like, this doesn't make sense. I mean... I would yeah. have been so much more interested and in the I'm, story of somebody who really likes jazz if they were, if that was like a part of their culture, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And even like in the movie, like I think one of my favorite songs by far was the fusion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. was like, this is so much better than all the other shit. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know how you f- actually feel about jazz. I mean, I, I genuinely. I mean, I like jazz. Yeah, it's yeah. Okay, but I don't know enough about it. To I just, really, like... I remember watching that and he like. I remember, like, watching that part when, like, we're supposed to be having these hugely conflicted feelings over, like, this new sound or whatever, and I'm like, it's not actually that bad of a song. I don't know. I know. I'm like, I actually really like this. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I well, because I guess, I don't know if we're necessarily supposed to dislike it. Like, I know that, like, Emma Stone's character mentioned, she's like, oh, yeah, I really like it. I just don't think you do. Yeah. So maybe it's like, you, fair. you just can tell he doesn't or something. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, you're supposed to care more that it's not his thing or whatever, but, I mean, it, 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 it was, um... It was weird to watch Ryan Gosling, a very white Canadian man, <laughs> um, kind of like give you the de- the down low or whatever on um, on 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 jazz, and it makes me think about um, like one of my favorite comments was uh, when Stephen Colbert was talking about the movie on the Colbert. Oh, I almost said on the Colbert Report uh, on uh, <laughs> on the other show that he does, the new one. Um, uh, Tonight Show. Oh God! Uh, no. Late show. What does he do? Late show. Late show. Late show. <laughs> yeah, I'm still. My brain is still stuck in 2012, but um, nah, you're good. In the better year. In the better years. <laughs> Back before. Anyway, um, yeah, where he, uh, his, his frontman uh, is a jazz musician named John Batiste, um, and uh, you know, they were joking around, and he was like, you know, yeah, John. I mean, I saw the movie. Like, did you see the movie? Like, do you feel like you understand jazz now? And you know, John, John, <laughs> like, an incredible jazz musician like from new orleans and stuff and you know yeah "Yeah, i think i think i get it now (laughs) it was just weird it was weird yeah like i have ryan gosling being like yeah this is what jazz is yeah and uh (laughs) i don't know like i just think that there's so many ways that like you could have incorporated like if you wanted to really have ryan gosling be the character like that's great i just think it could have been handled better in the sense of um like, actually acknowledging that black culture and black history and jazz are, like, that's, it is, you know? Like, they they go yeah. hand in hand. Um, and then, then maybe this also plays into something that you wanted to talk about, but a lot of the other things I read is, like, how much more interesting the movie would be if um, they had been, if the main couple had been POC, 
which mm-hmm. it would have been like you could do one of two things like you can have a movie that's about the struggles of trying to make it in hollywood as people of color or you can just have the same movie but have people of color i would have personally i think the second one would have succeeded really well and been more interesting because that's new it's not new to watch white people sing in a musical i mean like sorry yeah. damien chazelle <laughs> like that's not that's not particularly brave well, I think even if just Ryan Gosling's character was maybe replaced by John Legend, it would exactly. have been a lot yeah. more interesting. And that's a lot of people said that, and I really agree with that. I mean, I think it would have yep. been, um, like, if you don't want to do a movie that's about the struggles of being a minority in Hollywood, if you just want to, if you want to stick with the fun stuff, <laughs> the non, like, you know, right. depressing shit, um, like, try to like do a- something a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's like, I feel like, a, a black man would have a lot more to be nostalgic about with jazz. Yeah, exactly. Like it would. would be... and I mean, I'm obviously not black. I can't yeah, speak I know. That, but yeah. like, it's kind of you. Know, <laughs> it's kind of a thing to yeah, like, I mean, say. But speaking that's kind of what as I'm like guessing. two, yeah, speaking as like two outsiders. But um, I think it's it's something that I remember reading um, from black men and women, girls and boys, <laughs> um, like <Yes. laughs> people of the internet. Uh, like, I remember that being said, that it would have been um, just, like, a, a, a more interesting movie. And it would have... I would yeah. have been more invested in the characters, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I really enjoyed Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling as actors. Um, I was... I think they have really good chemistry. I liked them in the movie, but you can't expect me to buy into two good-looking white people struggling in Hollywood. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, I, yeah, I don't want to minimize the fact that it's probably, like, it probably was a struggle, right? But, like, that being said, they have a better shot than anyone else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you're a good-looking white person in Hollywood, but, you know. <laughs> I know, but I have not yet broken through. Yeah, exactly. Amazingly. <laughs> I can be famous any day now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just um, but you no, need to like, do uh, you need to do a one act about um your life growing up in that's right in Paris. I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be at her hometown or in Paris. No, it was it was the... her hometown because on the posters uh, she had uh, Boulder City, yeah. Nevada on but, it. Yeah, right. It said that, but then in when you look at the shot of the play in her window in the back, oh, there's the Eiffel Tower, right. and I was like. Is she, I don't know. So yeah. I, I was actually really curious about what her play was about. Actually, yeah. <laughs> so that was something but, that and then I'll, I'll shut up because I realize I'm talking a lot more. Um, that no, was no, something <laughs> that was something that I also realized that you get to see a lot about um, Sebastian's music and stuff. I really wish that we had gotten to see some of Emma Stone's play. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, and he wasn't there. So, I mean, I understand right. that maybe that's why their relationship fell apart. I mean, we didn't really get to dive into yeah. that too much but her character is not nearly as well developed as his is um yeah i think that's true but whatever yeah, i don't know like her whole like her aunt and stuff like oh we used to watch movies together and i don't know i just never really felt connected to that story yeah i well because but, it was kind of glossed over i mean yeah it, yeah <laughs> but yeah it's like i had a really cool aunt she like lived in paris and liked old movies I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I guess she was like a theater actress. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I don't know. But I think it was just kind of like, I don't know, fi- trying to give like some kind of substantial reason to want to be an actress. So mm-hmm. we're not just like, oh, another girl wants to be an actress. And Because like, I feel like we kind of have like a, an automatic, like, just knee jerk bitter reaction to that. 
like this white girl comes out to LA, <laughs> wants to be an actress, like yeah, kind of a thing. But like with the aunt, I think he was just trying yeah. to be like, look, there's an actual like valued reason. Like, yeah, it's not, like yeah, like, <laughs> it's it like gives she's her, an artist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It gives her like more emotional stakes in the in the I story. Guess so, yeah, yeah, but that's. I mean, for me, one of the other things. I mean, while I really enjoyed the characters, um, I felt like. I mean, they didn't, they, they were struggling, but they weren't, I, it's a different movie, I guess. It's like, they're struggling, but they weren't really struggling. Like, I was never, like, genuinely like, oh, they're not going to succeed or something. I mean, I, because, because, because yeah. tonally and, like, that, that's what's told to you at the beginning of the movie is that this isn't a movie that's going to dive deeply into what it's like to be a struggling artist in a major city. Like, that, mm-hmm. that's not the premise, um, so you're never really worried that the characters aren't going to succeed in the end, which is why I think it feels really weird when like they do, but it's like yeah, super bittersweet. Um, I think maybe know, it would have yeah. been better if their careers died, but they stayed together. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Or like, even if like they had gone separate ways, but we had just been given like a little bit more of legitimate closure about that relationship yeah. or something. I don't know. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, yeah, I love the point you brought up earlier where there really was not, any good reason for them not to be together like no <laughs> didn't make much sense yeah. it's like oh you didn't show up to my play done <laughs> yeah. well i mean and even, then, you know, even if like it happens yeah even if it had just been like a okay we're gonna acknowledge that this was a summer rom or you know i guess it was a year or whatever but um i don't know mm-hmm. it just wasn't uh it, it went kind of that's i mean that the, the the, the, the pacing just fell apart at the end. Like, it wasn't... Like, it went from, like, big cataclysmic event to just, like, okay, and now cut to five years later. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, both my... Like, all right. I remember we were I was watching it with mom, and she, like, looked up... She was working on her computer, and she looked up, and she was like, what, fuck, this is the end? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Anyway. That's it. Yeah. But anyway, oh, we should... Gosh. You should, mm-hmm. We should talk a little bit about, um... I guess, Hollywood nostalgia... Yeah, I think it's bad. <laughs> it's like I I don't want to like totally gloss over the fact that it had a role in the movies mm-hmm. we have today, and that's a big part of you know movies now, and really everything foreign film, mm-hmm. other indie. It's all a response to Hollywood. Like mm-hmm. Hollywood is like the big kahuna, so to speak. That like every other movie responds to. Um, but that being said, the fact that she's kind of nostalgic about these, like, old films, like, I mean, Rebel Without a Cause is the only one I actually heard her, oh, well, there was, like, Bringing Up Baby and yeah. Casablanca. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's just, like, there was, like, really shitty stuff happening during that time. Yes. And, like, if you don't look at, like, and it's also the thing about old films, I feel like a lot of it's all the same. Like, Rebel Without a Cause was actually something that was a little bit, like, new and fresh, and that's why it kind of spa- spurred off, like, the French New Wave movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, yeah, a lot of those old ones she mentions, that's just the same story, really. Like, Casablanca mm-hmm. was, like, one of, like, literally thousands of movies that were basically the exact same. That one was just one that happened to end up getting really popular. Right, and, yeah. Um yeah, it's the same storytelling. It's always like this white people, and you get shit like blackface, yellowface. Yeah, like, it's nasty stuff. Tons of like misogyny and like gender roles, and it's just like you know. I think now we're at a place with film that we're more creative with our expression, and I think it's a lot more interesting. And like I, I 
get to an extent the nostalgia for old Hollywood, but like don't. I think romanticizing it is really misplaced and mm-hmm. kind of dangerous in a sense. Yeah, I um, no, but, I I agree. Um, I mean, obviously, that's like not not my area of expertise, so to speak. But I think. Um, oh, and I oh, maybe I just lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I I. <laughs> I think it's important to to acknowledge kind of I mean acknowledge roots I guess so to speak um yeah, yeah. and well the good and the bad of everything yeah and I mean even though I don't personally identify with like you know that that kind of a film lover right. so to speak all right yeah anyway I yeah yeah I have certain films that I'm really like you know like I'm a really big Wes Anderson fan. Um, I'm a really big Korean cinema fan. I'm a really big, like, right. like for me, if, if I think of, like, what would be considered, I guess, classic that I really enjoy, I really love George Melier film. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh... Yeah, it's, like, oldie, oldie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> hey, man, that's, like, those are the... Tr- I wrote a paper on... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. But, like... The father of cinema. I know. It's... Anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, but, anyway. Anyway, he is. <laughs> no, no, I, I just... Um, it was watching this movie, it, I feel like, I, when I came, I came away from this not totally sure whether or not this movie was presenting a scenario in which, like, we totally romanticize classic Hollywood and we love it and we just kind of, you know, like, you gloss it over, I guess, so to speak. I mean, because there's no moment in the movie where they they were, like, looking at it critically. Like, it was just, we're going to yeah. rehash the same things that are done in old Hollywood films and kind of do it a little bit different and a little bit new because we're it's an homage and we're, right. you know, doing the old, the classic bits. Um, but there's never any kind of, like, dis- and that's what you said, like, there's never really any kind of discussion on, like, are we looking critically at what actually happened in old Hollywood? Are we looking mm-hmm. at that through the lens of, like, who we are as people now and like saying while we still really enjoy those movies and think that there's a lot of value to them we still it's important to know what was actually going on and like know what things were like stuff that we don't want to repeat but that's like that doesn't that's not what the movie is because this is like a fun movie um sure but that's what bugs me about like nostalgia is like whenever we look back on things nostalgically it's like people are always like oh back in the 50s that was so great i'm like oh no like (laughs) yeah segregation but tell that to everybody who isn't a white man you know yeah but like that's what nostalgia does and that's what it bugs me so Mm -hmm. much is like you don't look back when you look back and you go oh so great during that time like it's like in a bubble of like perfection Mm -hmm. if you were actually there it was you know there was shit going on too like Mm -hmm. this is there's no reason to not live in the now. Like there's going to be shit back then and there's going to be shit in the future. <laughs> like just yeah. focus on what you can, which is right now. Yeah. And uh, I, I guess, and yeah. it's like, I don't think that it's necessarily, I mean, I, I think it's important to, and like, I get why people love those movies. Um, mm-hmm. And that's wonderful. But this, but this movie, but La La Land, there's at no point does it seem to, like act it doesn't seem to acknowledge itself like it almost exists in yeah. like this weird state where <laughs> it just it just happiness. exists yes. yeah it's just like this yep, weird yep. bubble that like it doesn't seem to exist in a real point in time because it's not yeah it's a movie that is i guess supposed to take place in modern time period but it doesn't live in the modern time period where people are actually talking about these things about classic hollywood you know like it's not 
So mm-hmm. it's like we've taken the complete premise of what it was like to live in Hollywood circa, you know, the 40s or 50s or whatever, but we've placed it in a modern setting. So it's like this weird like dichotomy between like we want to relive old Hollywood and we want to do the things that everybody loves and like it's, you know, the great classic film bits, but we're doing it in a modern setting so it's like new, but we're not going yeah, to yeah. act not like it's just I, that 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 part like that felt weird to me and it was something my mom said that I actually I just remembered now is that the movie had a lot of heart and had a lot of vitality to it but it really didn't have like a core because it didn't have yeah. like there wasn't anything at its core that was centering you to any particular like moment in time I guess other than I don't know. Like it, it's it's like it's like one big nostalgic fever dream. <laughs> yeah, it like really is. Yeah. Just kind of like, oh man, that was so great. Like I don't know. And it was just like it was the whole movie. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, and then it, yeah, and then it's over, and you're like, I have no idea what I just watched for two hours, other than right. it was just kind of like, you know, like best bits of Hollywood kind of thing. <laughs> um, no, that's totally it. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I agree that it's just, um, I like, I heard so many people say that this movie, the reason why everybody for at, at, at the beginning, I guess, really, really loved this film is because it was like, it reminded people of why they love film. Um, and no. it's like, for me, it's like, <laughs> I guess if you are like, it just felt kind of like a weird disingenuous copy, but I mean, I, this is speaking as a person who genuinely hasn't seen that many old Hollywood films, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, like some Charlie Chaplin or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And that's the thing is I just think like, there's so much more to film than Hollywood. And frankly, I find most of the non Hollywood films we made that back then were much more interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. And it's like, I don't know, but, it's like, oh, yeah, But we're just kind of like me. fake hipsters, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, in a sense. It's just like when people are like, oh, if you get nostalgic about old Hollywood, to me, it's like, oh, like, you're getting nostalgic about, like, really cookie-cutter stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. At least it, it's probably a little, like, judgmental. I'm definitely sure there's some <laughs> scholar out there who studied old Hollywood cinema and he or she is probably like fuming right now. Like, this is so (laughs) great. But I just, to me, I was never found any of them that interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, And whenever I would watch films from Japan during that time or like Tokyo story is like Mm -hmm. fascinating. And yeah, like, uh, (laughs) and why not get nostalgic about those things? Like, I don't think it's to say that like, oh, it makes me remember why I love film. I'm like, no, it reminds you why you like Hollywood and why you miss the glitz and the glam and that culture. You're not interested in film. Yes. It's just that feeling. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's, it's not a, and that's what you said at the beginning. That's not, it's not about film. It's about Hollywood life. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's what we're nostalgic about is that like glitzy, glammy mm-hmm. kind of lifestyle. It's not really about the film really at all. Like yeah. <laughs> I know, I totally I totally agree. Yeah, I am um... Yeah. 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 I agree. <laughs> I agree. I think we agree with each other. But I think we're getting to that point where we can yeah. start finding that kernel of truth in here. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I think we Okay. We're almost at an um, hour. Yeah. Um, yes. Oh boy. So, Colonel of Colonel of Truth. I mean, if you need some time, I think. I'm <laughs> sure. Go ahead. You go first. <laughs> okay. So my main thing 
whenever I left this movie, I started thinking about it uh, more critically. It's just like, it's not, if you can avoid it, try not to be nostalgic. Like it's, it's not as good as you thought it was. I swear Mm -hmm. to God, especially in the context of relationships. If you're looking back and you're like, Oh God, it was so great. Then we used to do all this stuff. It ended for a reason. I Mm -hmm. guarantee it. And if, (laughs) You're spending, sitting there thinking, oh, man. like, as Beyonce says, if you like it, then you should have put a fucking ring on it. Like, it, <laughs> it was, it ended for a reason. Don't be nostalgic about mm-hmm. it. It's just going to be destructive in the end. It's going to piss you off and make you upset. And honestly, it's, it's going to be for the better if you choose to live in the present where you're at and enjoy where you are and just be present in the moment and conscious and, you know, try to not put too much value judgment on the past or Mm -hmm. you know just learn from it live now and it's so much better than holding on to something that was destructive like it's gone for a reason yeah i feel like i repeated myself (laughs) (laughs) i i feel like i just listened to the best self-help book oh very good (laughs) but no i i totally i agree um and just to add on to that um also, because I'm, I'm still kind of stalling. Um, I, yeah. I, we're, well, you're not, tw- you're 22, but we're, we're both, we're young folks. Um, and, yes. you know, we both recently came off, and came off of uh, college graduation. And, um, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you're getting this with some other people that you know, and I, not to like call anybody specific here, but um, <laughs> I, I'm at a point in my life where I guess you would consider it a transition point. Um, but for me, I, like a lot of my friends or people that I know, or I'll see it on Facebook or whatever. Like when you come off of big moments in your life, like college graduation, you start kind of going, oh, you know, remember what it was like when, you know, we were in high school or when we were doing this. And like the, you, you yeah. end up in a lot of retrospective thinking, which I, I think can be valuable. Like it can be valuable to... Sure. Yeah. Try to look at, you know, things that have happened in the past and, or just it, like, it's genuinely like to just like you learn for sure. It yeah. Makes up who you are. Or just to, to but... kind of, you know, remember or like reminisce a little bit with friends or whatever. Like that's great. Um, but I think yeah. it really starts to get not great when you start thinking that things were better in the past yes. than they were for you now, because if that's your perspective, you're never going to be satisfied with where you are. Um, and it's, it's a complete, mm-hmm. It's a complete myth. Um, and yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I know people who genuinely wish that they could go back in the past to fix things. And I, while I think that that's something that's, you know, like, I think a lot of people think that it's, it's not possible. So it's literally, there's literally <laughs> no point in speculating so about move on. it. <laughs> yeah, move on with your life. No, like you should, you should be focused on. Like if you if you focus on how things were in the past, you're gonna lose sight of yourself in the present. And you know, like like for instance, if you spend time thinking about, oh, remember when I was such good friends with this person, how it was, right. things were great. You start n- not thinking about the friends that you have now. Anyway, it's like right, it's, right. that's cheesy, but like it's it's true. No, it's so, true. Anyway, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, I don't know. I totally agree. <laughs> and it's like if you're not hanging out with that person anymore, then clearly like something happened like there's a reason why like yeah (laughs) whether it was them or you like it would have been bad for either of you to stay presumably yeah if it was if it's something that could have worked out in it then it very well will Mm -hmm. like i don't know 
Right. And I guess just to tie that back to the movie, like another better ending for the movie would have been, um, I'd like totally fine with them having broken up. Like I can even let it pass that we're not given any legitimate reason. If they just cut, cut the weird montage at the end, um, and just had it been like a sweet moment between the two of them where they meet, they acknowledge with each other that they've achieved what they wanted. They're like, they smile and they leave. That would have been way better than what we had, which was this weird ass dream sequence, which I was watching it and I was like, oh, what? <laughs> um, that Anyway, that just completely ruined it. But um, yeah, so <laughs> my kernel of truth. <laughs> if you can't tell, I'm still kind of hung up on the storytelling stuff. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> so I'm going to stick to my kernel of truth being that I'm cheating. I'm, I guess I'm cheating because it's it's not necessarily a, a life recommendation or even really anything about like the message okay. of the movie. Like, but Like writing ideas or whatever. Yeah, that's, I all, just, that's all part of life. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think just for people out there, if you're creating something, be it a book, a movie, a screenplay, anything really... Like, you have to be really conscious about what kind of implicit promises you're making to your audience at the beginning of um, your story. Like, people, like, the easiest way to make people not interested in your story or feel unhappy with the ending is that you set up the wrong set of, um, like, what you're promising that what you're promising them at the end of whatever mm-hmm. your story is. Um, and I think one of the most common reasons why people dislike stuff is because they, they get to the ending and either they don't like it or they feel like it ended poorly. And like l- really the biggest way to solve that is just to kind of go back and look at, okay, I set this up wrong or I didn't follow through on the promises that I made. Um, so yeah. I don't know. It's something that I've been reading a lot about and listening you know, to stuff about lately right. and so I think, and if if you, if you want to connect that to a larger life message, you can, I think you can, yeah. um, but it's just a, I don't know, that yeah, yeah, just yeah. bothered me about the movie, like, a lot, because, um... Yeah, no, I think it's especially yeah. a prominent point in movies, is because I feel like, I feel like books have a little bit of leeway, in a sense, mm-hmm. like, there's books that I've read, like, I don't know if you've heard of The Lover before, mm-hmm. but it's just, like, all over the place, and that's kind of the point of the book, and I'm like, okay, I get it. But um, in movies, I feel like, especially these Hollywood movies, mm-hmm. there's like a certain expectation and there's a certain like, if we're not given that, a lot of times audiences are like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's like frustrating. And like, it's, for example, like a horror movie, there's a certain set of like genre points that make yeah. it a horror movie that audiences are expecting and wanting when they come in. And I mean, I think it's possible to create a movie that like defies those and succeeds, but that's you know, but you have it's, to learn the rules before you break them, I guess. Yeah, but. and it's it's more difficult to go against um, kind of like these set genre tropes that we have than I think yeah. people realize. Like, you can't just say something like, "Oh, I'm going to completely subvert um, like what people are accustomed to and make it fun and fresh," and sure, you know, like, and then just. I mean, like, I read a lot that it was like, oh, you didn't understand the ending to La La Land. Here's it explained. And I was like, no, I understood the ending. There's nothing. Yeah. It's not. It's uh, just stupid. Yeah. It's just just dumb. Yeah. No, it's it's not. um, Yeah. Well, I think Joss Whedon specifically is like, not to bring up Joss Whedon, but Joss Whedon (laughs) is pretty good at like taking like a classic genre and like making it Mm -hmm. new and twisting it. Like Cabin in the Woods was like, it has all the horror movie points. Like it's a horror movie through and through. 
but it has like this new twist on it that yeah. makes it like, really interesting. And I think that's possible to do, absolutely. But yeah. La La Land was setting up something that was unfulfilled very at the end of traditional it. storytelling. And yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, I, I know I said this like several times already, but it's just like, I, I, it's, it doesn't make sense to me to, to set up something in such a way that it is like to the point of almost ripping off specific scenes from other movies, like an homage to a certain set of Hollywood tropes. Um, and then at the end of it, like not fulfill kind of like the biggest thing about Hollywood movies, which was like your characters getting together. Um, and an easy way to not have that be the case would be to like, as you said, and like, as I've said previously, like, explore reasons for why the relationship didn't work or maybe it takes kind of a tonal shift and starts to kind of you know take a little bit more of a hard look at Hollywood and like the realities of it and you start to wonder about like you know maybe nostalgia isn't all it's cracked up to be and maybe we need to be taking a little bit more of a critical look at this or if you really just want to go the fun silly route for like the entire movie like if you want it to be this like nostalgic fever dream then like you really gotta stick the landing and have it stay nostalgic fever dream because having it be um suddenly take this huge melancholic dip into like oh but it could have been but it wasn't it's just like that just that feels really cheap so so that's that's (laughs) that's my kernel of life um (laughs) just yeah no i love it if you're a creator and you're out there like i think Dora's from the perspective of somebody who has never finished anything. No, um, like definitely <laughs> look at what kind of things you want to be fulfilling by the end of um, what you're working on. Yeah, no, I like that. So. <laughs> All right, yeah. sounds good. I, I tried. Like it. Yeah, I tried so hard to be like, I am not just going to go on a massive rant this entire time. But <laughs> I feel like that definitely. Sometimes happened. our kernels of truth are long and complex. Exactly. <laughs> That's okay. Okay. It's true in life, too. That's a kernel of truth about a kernel of truth. All right. It's a Russian <laughs> nesting doll of kernels of truth. All right. How do we sign off? I don't know. You say bye and your name. All right. Sweet. <laughs> well, thank you for listening if you've listened this far. Yeah. We're, we'd be thrilled. <laughs> um, but yeah. I've been okay. Dora. I'm Emily. Bye. Bye.